0: what's up everybody and on this week's episode of guys talking sports we talk briefly on the ncaa and the predictions of who we think should make the tournament also the one and dones and what the ncaa and nba should do concerning players jumping uh into the league we discuss uh kevin love and his mental uh, mental health uh, situation uh we, we discussed the nfl the combine and of course the NFL and certain owners talking about they don't want to be bothered with free agents. That's stuff to do with yeah, the protesting the flag. So stay tuned for this episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up everybody? And welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Once again, this is Big A, Adrian, here with the fellas, my man Earl, my man Al, coming back to you yet on another Tuesday to discuss what's going on in the world of those guys performing those athletics type stuff. So fellas, what's going on? I
1: have a question. If a tree falls in the woods and no one is around, does it make a sound?
0: Nope. <laughs>
2: how's everybody doing
0: i'm here somebody's playing school school
2: yeah i can hear that um <laughs> i can definitely hear that that's for sure Um what's going on everybody how are everybody doing out there
0: ah oh, man it's another groovy thursday think thursday right wow yeah it's not thursday it's just yet. tuesday man i tell you <laughs> lack of sleep hey who So, fellas, it's been a it's been a crazy, not so crazy, kind of slow but crazy type of a work week, sports week, I should say. Uh, Got a lot of different things that's kind of uh, looming out there. Uh, You got it's championship week, you know. We're starting to 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 recognize those teams that are going to be going dancing into the big tournament. got any type of uh, feedback you want to speak on that? I know it's still kind of early the the big conferences haven't really played their games as of yet, but do you have any predictions say uh, just out of the blue, just pick them out of a hat. type of prediction for the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the SEC? I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, I'll put it like this. I don't have any predictions as of right now of, of the tournament. I will say that I would love to finally see a mid-major team win, um, go, on, you know, win one. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm looking forward to. It all depends on the seedings. <clears throat> Excuse me. It all depends on the seedings, um, for, during selection Sunday, but I would love to see throughout this whole tournament, a mid-major team, um, go all the way this year and win it Um, because that will open up a possibility for a lot of other teams. And also, real quick before I say something, quick shout-out to Rutgers um, women's team for being number 10. Um, Love to see what they do in the conference, I mean, in the tournament as well. But um, all in all, I'm still looking for a mid-major team win. Um, I think that would be more exciting than anything as as the tournament begins to start, I should say. Well, Gonzaga made it pretty darn close last year. I think they played in the championship game and lost,
0: but they were uh, they were about as close as any mid major could ever get there. And do we even really consider Gonzaga mid major nowadays? They're like almost like a staple.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as you know, college, you know, basketball and the dance, you know, I would definitely defer to uh, your guys more um, more expertise opinions on this. But uh, as far as me, like you say, I mean, a, a lot of the you know, championship week so outside of really the Big Ten, really, you know, crowd their champion, uh, with Michigan. I mean, I don't know if anybody else has really gotten, you know, had a championship game yet. So I mean I guess you're just gonna always look for those mid majors, those teams that are like the the you know, the eleventh, you know, seed or the tenth seed, you know, can they pull off an upset and, you know, make a of the dance. I Me, mean, I just look for good basketball. I mean you're always gonna have your your um your, your, your staple's in there, but, I mean, as always, the NCAA, um, the investigations, the indictments are going to loom, loom over the whole tournament. Well,
0: well I agree with you. And uh, interesting that you should uh, kind of talk about the, the underbelly of college basketball, so to speak. Um, Steve Kerr came out earlier in the week and was talking about, you know, but before I go to Steve Kerr, talk about Adam Silver possibly trying to expand the G League or developmental league to include the high-profile high school athletes uh, that have the opportunity, if they were that good enough, to kind of forego their collegiate careers and jump directly into the NBA and how he's thinking about expanding that whole thing. Before I discuss with Steve Kerr, what do you guys think on that? Do you feel as though the one-and-done thing was – a, a total disaster do you think do you think there's a different way a better way
1: yeah i think the quote unquote one and done i think i get why they 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 did it but i think that they didn't realize how many you know kids are going to actually utilize it to that to that extent where they basically all right so now you're putting in a minimum of one year and then at least play one year basketball before you can at least think about going pro. Now kids are just saying, oh, all I have to do is one year. It's not like a minimum of one year before you think about it. It's like I just got to be in school for one year before I go. So it's not that stopgap measure where I think it was intended to be. Um, For me, you know, and I think, um, you know, I heard Stephen A. Smith say that, and and I agree with this as well, is that, if you have some kids that are either you if you're gonna go put your name in eligible for the draft right out right out of high school, then so be it. However, if you decide not to go to the draft, then you have to do at least two years in in college basketball. Um, for those people that go from high school to the draft and they don't get drafted, then I think that's where you have to kind of figure out do you let them still Go back to school, or how does that work? But I think that if you opt not to go into the draft, or you think you're you're ready, you got to do two years, minimum two years. Well, and I mean, right. I think it will be. I think it'll be overall good for the NBA as far as development of the of the players, because a lot of these players that are one one and done are not even ready when they come out, and I think it helps college basketball. In a sense, because now you have teams that stay a little bit longer and these kids develop and I think the college basketball as a game, I think will probably, you know, would get a little bit better. And you might start having more solid rivalries
2: than as much parity as you have over the last maybe like several years. I completely agree with that, and um, if I add on, if in, 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 and that's been the biggest problem with the NCAA is because of the fact that so many one and that the competition, um, in the NCAA has completely faltered. Right now, they're just relying on the school itself. You know, the kids, to be honest, let's you know, as long as college basketball is still there, they're still going to have their fans because they're still going, to – you know, it's college. Uh, so they're still going to have their fans, which in terms is going to generate a lot of. They're going to have alumni as well still rooting for them. So they're going to have that constant, um, that constant of 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 what's the word I'm looking for? No matter if the if you know the competition dies down, they're still going to have those fans. Um But it is lacking the competition at this point. So if anything. It should be ways, they should be working on ways to better the competition. And no way to better the competition is to keep in the players there for a couple of years. But like you said, it's so much relying on these one and done players because, you know, how the way the system is set up, there needs to be some type of change. And I don't know if the NCAA is going to actually do anything about it because as long as, you know, there's, they have their, the usual college fans there and the alumni there still at the games, I think it's not going to change a thing, which is unfortunate because they lose the competition factor of it.
0: Well, I agree. I think the, the one-and-dones, I think it was a bad idea. Um, but I do understand why they did it, because the the Kevin Garnetts, the Moses Malones, the uh, Kobe Bryants, the LeBron James of the world's, Possibly Kevin Durant might have, if he had that opportunity. Um, Or one of the, you know, a dime a dozen. I mean, I I rattled off seven names over the course of forty years. Um, So, though it was a, a, a good idea on paper, it didn't work out that great. Now, I think I agree with Earl. I agree with both of you, actually, where, I believe if, if, they want, if a kid feels as though he's getting some great advice coming out of high school, he can jump to the league, let him jump to the league. But I really think they should adopt NCAA, sorry, NCAA baseball when it comes to coming out of high school. When the kid has the opportunity and they know for a fact that he can get drafted, he has the opportunity to go pro. They can, NBA can use G League, Developmental League, or whatever they want to do to Develop some sort of minor league system moving forward. Now, if the player decides, you know what, I don't think I'm pro ready, then that kid has to be three years removed from high school. It's the same thing for football. It's the same thing for baseball. It's three years removed from high school, so that that can include a retreat. year. Um, and then they have to the play obviously two years in order to be eligible for for the uh, for the big time for the major uh, for NBA. Uh, I think that would be a better, a better option because then the, the college product will be a lot better. Um, I, the parity right now in college basketball, uh, probably would diminish because more top players who think they're one and done worthy will end up having to stay three years so the Dukes will remain Dukes. Kentucky's will remain, remain Kentucky's. Uh, The Blue blue Bloods, I should say, will still remain supreme, but um, at least we know, unlike what you're seeing this year in college basketball, you don't know who's going to win the NCAA tournament. There is no clear-cut favorite that you can pinpoint and say, well, I I know for a fact that they can go on a six-game win streak, X team is going to win. This year, Is there's so much parity and so much whatever, you know, there's just no determining factor, so... I think you know get the opportunity, and I'm not really keen on what Adam Silver was talking about, kind of guiding those special high school players from when they're like their freshman, sophomore, year of high school, all the way up and putting them in like special special camps or whatever. Nah, they don't do that baseball. They they definitely don't do it in college football. If you're good, well, definitely not college football because then I jump to the pros, but. If you're good at baseball and scouts recognize you as being good, they'll give you that opportunity to say, hey, you have this pro opportunity here, but if not, go to college. And I think they should adopt it just like that and just make it so that there's a deeper minor league, t- uh, minor league type of environment for the NBA. See,
1: so the only thing uh, the, I kind of agree with you in spirit with that, I, what, what you're saying, the only problem I have is that those high school kids, if they know they can circumvent college and just go right to the G League, that's all they're going to do. Every one and done that you would have, you know, let's say we take every one and done that we had for the last, you know, eight, seven eight years, all done when it went to the G League. College basketball is going to still going to lose out. Now, I mean, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, you know, the NBA does have a farm system. It's college basketball. So, I mean, they're not going to sit there and, you know, I mean, they have the G League for people that they, that are currently on NBA rosters that they send down that are, you know, need some more work. But, you know, but kids will not go to college and go that route to go to the development league and then stay a year or two and then come out. So college basketball at the end still loses out. So that's why my thing is, I mean, as of right now, a lot of the kids that we see that are one and done, I mean, if you think about in high school, none of them are really ready to come out to the NBA anyway. So it's like the NBA, I go back what I said a couple of weeks ago, the NBA doesn't have to track these kids number one. I mean, they can just say, we're not going to do it. And if the NBA stops drafting kids out of high school, guess
2: what? The kids are not just going to opt to go into the, you know, into the NBA right out of high school. But the thing about it is that if I'm like, if I'm a person that's a one and done or has the ability to be a one and done person. And let's say, for example, you know, I don't get drafted into the league, the uh, NBA league and decide to go back to school. The question is, who's to say that the the college, who's to say that the coaches in co- in the NCAA would continue to play that person going forward? Like, once you move on from the college, you're trying to go into the NBA. I don't see the benefit of them going back to school where the coach is going to say, Oh, you came back. All right. We'll put you back into that same rotation. The college, co- the college coaches don't have to do that. They could be like, yo, if you moved on from the school, then we could move on with the next man up on our team to, 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 to put, you know, to, to, to lead us who may want to be fully committed to that school.
0: And that's and that's where I wanted to you know kind of segue into what Steve Kerr said that if these kids who declare for the draft don't get drafted, you know we should allow them to go back to school. Um, I, I I think that the kids should be allowed to go into the draft on draft night without having those who are undecided, unsure. You know, you got the ones that are just known for a fact that they're going to get drafted. But those who have that 50-50 shot, I think, should be able to go into the draft without having an actual agent or any being represented by somebody. And if they don't get drafted, I like your idea of I don't think they should be able to go back to the school that they left. I think they should then be put back into a pool and then possibly go to, like, a mid-major type of school or something, something that's a notch lower than where they were. But
2: the thing about it is that they do do that. The NBA does have that type of system. Well, not going back to the school, per se, but they do have a system because when they don't get drafted after the second round, they're put into a pool where they're invited for the summer league, and they're given the opportunity to showcase in the summer league. Um, a team may pick up someone that was undrafted to bring them in part of the summer league team to see what they can do. And if by all means the team likes what they see, then they'll put them in towards, they'll invite them to, or sign them to a contract with maybe their um, G League affiliate. So they do have some type of system in place. Um the, But I do agree that maybe they should do something more. If there should be an option, there should be another option where the kid will say, yeah, I should go back to I, – I, I prefer to go back to school and finish out, maybe have the red shirt a year, um, but finish out with another team or another school and um, do it that route. So they, I think there should be some options in play outside of just, you know, just doing that.
1: Yeah, I, to, to me, I guess it all uh, boils down to, you know, the NBA and NCAA has to work together. And right now, the NCAA right now is, has a lot of – you know (laughs) that's a lot of egg on their face. The only way to 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 kill this conversation is the NBA has to say that just say no high school kids, you gotta do two or three years of college basketball if they want to, you know, if that's the route that they want to take. It works well for the um for um NFL. You gotta do minimum three years No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The last person that tried to circumvent that, you know, that system got smacked down, you know, quite, you know, quite heavily. Either you say you have to do two or three years and that's it, or you have
2: to let them come in from high school right, right from the jump. Yeah. But here's the problem. So because here's the problem with that. Because if they do that, then you would see a lot of one and done players to say, why would I do that? I could just go overseas and play. So, how would the NBA, how would the NBA handle that aspect of it? Because all you're doing is taking it from when a dumb player is going instead of going to college, they're going overseas to play. So, how would you handle that aspect of it? You make it, you make it
1: a blanket three years. Whether you go to college or whether you go overseas, you have to do a minimum two, maybe three years.
2: OK, so uniform it so that, if, you know, for both colleges and overseas players, that has to be a minimum. You have to play. A, so out of high school, three years, even NCAA or three years overseas before even think, registering for the NBA draft.
1: Yeah, because the NBA doesn't have to take anybody they want to take. And, you know, they could just say, no, we're, we're not going to accept high school kids. You gotta have two or three years, just like the NFL does. NFL takes nobody a first year freshman coming out there. It's three years, no matter what. Then most kids can't play overseas or go to Canadian Football League. Canadian Football League is almost the same thing. Where you gotta, you know, you, you know, you have to play a certain amount of years. You just make a blanket across the board. I think the NCAA will will go for that because it helps their game. And then it helps to bring back some of the teams that we, you know, used to know by name, not just the coaches. And it overall helps the development in the Lakers right now. I don't know the names of players on college basketball, but I damn sure know the college coaches coming out. So, I mean, it's like either you say two or three across the board, no matter where you come from, or you're going to have to kind of let kids from high school come in. So you don't like the idea of the, the kid having option. I, I personally,
0: I think if they go pro, if they if they decide to go pro, that uh, sort of like how they do for NCAA baseball, the NBA would definitely have to kind of expand their their minor league system. Maybe, but
1: I don't, uh, I, said, I don't think like us. Uh, so now I don't think they want to do that because they're minors or they're. Farm system is college basketball. So why pump more money into the G League when you have a perfectly good system where you're not even putting any money into and you're developing players year after year. Yeah, but then they got, but then you have the the scum.
0: You got the scandal that comes along with it where schools are getting caught up in all this, this scandal when they have no idea what agents and these shoe deals and all these companies coming at these players on the side and they have no control over it. And then you got the Feds raining down,
2: um, raining down their neck over things they can't control. No, but I'm gonna be. I I, I may have to disagree with you, Earl, on that one because I think the NBA can benefit off of the G League because of the fact is if you bring in all these high school kids, it, it could be an option where it could help because it'll only benefit the G League because you now you'll get more people wanting to watch the G League a little bit more than what there is now. I mean. There's – these G League teams, even though they're out there, they don't get the airtime like, you know, the NBA teams would. So if you bring in, like – let's say, for example, if they brought in – if LeBron James went and did, you know, instead of, eight, say, I'm going to NCAA, I'm going to sign up for the G League, and if they go that route, people will want to see the G League games that he's playing because they will want to know more about him. You know how – um. Same thing with the Summer League. The Summer League viewership rose because everybody wanted to see, like, Dennis Smith Jr. and Alonzo Ball play, uh, see how they would be compared to in the in the actual, you know, Summer League games. So I might think that the NBA may, be, may take interest in seeing, like, one and done players actually play in a G League system because it may help bring more viewers and more fans to the G League games, which, of course, will generate more – Profit for the NBA as a whole and completely isolate the NCAA from, you know, doing whatever it is that they
0: do. And do you think that if the NBA were to expand their uh, their minor league system or developmental league or whatever you want to call it, do you think it would attract some international players or do you think international players would stay where they are? Because it would give them, it give the international players an option just like it uh, gives kids here an option to go overseas to
2: play. Could be vice versa if you kind of expand it out a little bit. That is true. That is true. And you'll have now you'll have the international fans as part want to be a part of the G League process because they want to see their international stars thrive in the N- NBA. And even if they go into the G League, eventually somebody's going to call that person up.
0: And it gets the opportunity to expand and put sports, put teams in markets where they necessarily wouldn't get the
2: team. Globally,
0: yes.
1: Yeah, I guess it all depends on, you know, how much investment the NBA really wants to put into the G League or they really want to prop it up. (laughs) And right now they haven't given that much indication that they're really that interested in the G League. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) NCAA, you're going to probably get a lot of flack from them because now they're saying that, you're already taken from a product, you do that, and you're going to really, you know, you know, take from what we, you know, don't have as much as it is right now. So somebody's going to lose either way. It's going to be whether you're going to have college basketball losing a lot of high-profile kids or whether you just have the G League as it is right now. I will say that the NCAA will lose um,
0: because I think what the one it does, the NCAA is suffering. Me personally, because there's no, it's suffering from a blue blood standpoint because, yeah, they stand to be good, but then it's, then the mid majors and the lower left and the lesser D1 schools are prospering because they have more players that tend to stay three or four years versus the blue bloods who have a random rotation of kids coming through. And it's building a great sense of parity. I, I truly think that the NCAA would, would get back to, to what we believed the NCAA was maybe 15 years ago. When you, you know,
2: but it might it might take 15 years to get back to that. <laughs> no, true, very true. But
0: very
2: true. one thing that NCAA will never lose is their fans or the alumni, no yeah. matter what. So yeah, as long as the fans and the alumni are still there, I'll, it's going to stay consistent. Whether they – I don't think they – you know, I don't think there would be a decline when it comes to the NCAA because you're going to always have – I mean, it's a constant growth because each college is keep producing more fans, whether it's incoming people, freshmen coming in or alumni is leaving. It. They're still going to continue to have those fans going forward. So I, I, I don't think that NCAA will lose anything. I, I mean, like I said before, except for the maybe the quality of competition – um, because of the one and done players, but it may balance out as an overall whole.
1: Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, going on to the days of, you know, people you can name, you I mean, going on to the days of the Fat Five or the Running Rebels or Florida when he went back to back or, you know, I'll go as far back as Houston when, you know, Fire Slam and Jam. Those days are those kind of teams and names you can rip off or gone now, but would be even more dead, you know, moving forward because you have people that are going to do one and done. So have the option is just why bother going to college and go right to the G league. If the G league is going to be much more a developmental process for them. So, yeah, I agree in, in the long term, Ace, I agree that college basketball will eventually fix itself and you'll kind of get back to something a bit more competitive, maybe like back in the fifties and sixties. But those days in the early, you know, late eighties and early nineties of what we kind of grew up on those days are I think for far gone.
2: I agree with you on that. I, I, I agree. I agree.
0: Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Adam Silver, the commissioner of NCAA, how they're going to sit down and have a conversation and you know, sit over a beer and uh, <laughs> and talk and, uh, and you know and express how ones feel about their their independent leagues. Um, Switching gears ever so slightly. Still talking about basketball. But recently an article came out with Kevin Love and his battle with uh, with uh, mental health issues. Um, basically having panic attacks and different things. And how it's kind of affected his play uh, recently. And as a whole, it seems though more and more athletes... You know, it's trickling out ever so slightly uh, where they're discussing their mental health statuses and how they're trying to cope and, you know, next steps. Uh, what What is your guys' take on Kevin Love? And I, I can't think of somebody else. I know there's others, but I can't think of uh, other athletes off the top of my head. Oh, uh, we can use, uh, oh, God, wide receiver, Plays for he was with Miami. No, hold on. Give me a second. Brandon Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall is one because he was he was uh had some mental health issues when he was with his first team in the NFL. He learned how to deal with it. He got on medication, and now he's an advocate of uh of you know the you know individuals who play sports and trying to deal with mental health. So, uh, what, what, do you, what do you guys just take uh, concerning how athletes are not stepping to the forefront and really putting the, sh- you know, shining a light on themselves, letting you know, letting individuals like you or I know that you know we're not alone in this situation. That even high-paid athletes are sitting here suffering just like everyday common blue-collar
1: workers out there. I uh, think. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. It's your. It's good. Uh, oh, I was gonna joke and say, did he have these panic attacks before or after he got to Cleveland? <laughs> but um that was a joke. Uh I mean I guess, you know, it's brave of them or anybody to kind of admit those kind of, you know, vulnerabilities in themselves. I mean, um mental health issue is a is a very serious, you know, topic and issue out there and a lot of people are have it and are afraid to say it. I think uh one person who comes to mind was um I'm going to get her name her name messed up Um, Shamika Holtzclaw from Tennessee who had serious depression issues and um, she went through a lot where she was basically out the league and you know she went to jail for physical assault against her 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 then time girlfriend so I mean mental issue stuff is real and a lot of people keep it to themselves instead of talking about it because that's kind of a a taboo subject especially you know in a you know African American community no one really talks about Health issues and you know mental health issues in that manner, and so um, it's out there. A lot of people definitely probably do have it that we are not aware of. I mean, I give Kevin Love kudos for stepping out to the forefront and saying it. I mean, but it's a it's a problem out there, and I think a lot more people should talk. A lot more people are going to be afraid to talk about it because you have endorsements, sponsorship deals out there. So talking about that thing sheds a negative light on some people. And that's a wrong way to take it. But, you know, from a business standpoint, people want to make sure that, they, you know, the people who are endorsing their products and that they're pushing, you know, are kind of, you know, stand up people. But and like I said, anybody out there who has those problems, that can openly speak up about it. You know, I definitely, you know, give them kudos and, you know, much respect to them.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Um Anytime that you're in a position where you can be an advocate for something like this is very open. Um, I To be honest, I respect them a lot more. If I have the courage to come and speak out, because a lot of people out there that's dealing with it may not have an outlet or something like that. To, but to see people, you know, that's out there who are NBA players or any type of athletes to see that and see that they're going through the same thing, it's going to help those people that may not. Want to speak about it? Open up more. So, I right, kudos to him. Um, it's always a good thing for someone like this to step out and be the voice, um, and so that others can be a voice as well and be op- and open up as well to any type of web- any type of problem that they have. Um, hopefully, this could be a uh, an example of them opening up as well. So, kudos to Kevin Love um, for doing this because. You know a lot of people always keep those things bottled up inside, and if you don't let people know about the situation, how can we go to work on ways to correct it so again, kudos to him for that.
0: I agree uh, I think there should be more i think I think f pro sports probably needs to do more. Uh, Concerning within the mental health community, uh, mental health issues and topics, um, I'm sure they all touch it some way or the other. But maybe they need to take some of this money that they're raking in and and, and kind of disperse it amongst different uh, different organizations and such to kind of help uh, with the advocacy of different things. I know certain athletes probably use their own. Um, Use their own means to to drive the efforts for certain things, but I think leagues should also get involved in it as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, the NFL gets you know involved with uh, with concussion issues and things of that nature because it's something they can't avoid. You know, so they they give money to help the funding because they know they have a great product and they're not trying to lose the product, so of course they gotta fund it. But. Uh, uh, this whole thing with mental health and this everything going on in the, in the country and in the world concerning mental health. You know, we uh, talking about mental health and what's going on in the world is a whole different topic, a whole different conversation, but uh, it, it could definitely help because a lot of people use sports as a refuge, as a, a way of getting away, taking their mind off of things that are going on in the world to enjoy. It. So it would only help if they were to, you know, put some of their money where their mouth is and, and, and give to those different organizations out there to help those who might actually need it. Um,
2: and I also, I also see the NBA doing something as well to help step up their efforts as well. Um, especially with Kevin Love coming out, I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA um, makes some type of donation as well um, and do an awareness. I think Adam Silver is the type of person that will um, definitely take this and probably run with it in a good way. Um, to say, hey, look, you know, we need to be more aware about mental, um, you have to be more aware with every, with mental illness and just getting things going on the right track um, so that they could be, become more of an advocate and do something that's uh, taking a step forward instead of waiting for something to happen.
0: Agreed, agreed. And one last topic quickly before I switch over to the NFL very quickly. Um, your boy Kobe won an Oscar. Um, I think he's probably the first
2: NBA athlete. I think he now has his leg up on Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to get a leg up on Jordan, that's for sure. I
1: mean, Jordan uh, still owns a team, but, yeah, he doesn't have an Oscar, so he definitely does.
0: Uh, and Jordan started a movie. Just saying. But he ain't getting no Oscar for that.
2: <laughs> that's you point. Now all Kobe has to do now is buy the 76ers, and then he'll be good to go.
0: Hey, trust the process. <laughs> I, I'm,
2: I'm just saying, like, if you want to match up, really match up with Jordan, buy the Sixers.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that thought probably crossed his mind. I'm pretty sure it did, too. <laughs> pretty yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I didn't get a chance. I, I have to look at his um, um, his video, his uh, his video short that he did. You know, old, you know, old to basketball. I think was the title of it, was. but um, but um, yeah, he got an Oscar, and you know, it, you know, kudos, my hat goes off to him. Mhm. All
0: right, and I hope if he does buy the Sixers, I hope he does a better job than Jordan Charlotte.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a different story talk about one of NBA's most disappointing. They might as well go back to the old owner. Who's his name? Pat Croce? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. At least
1: wow. when he owned them, they were they were, they were hella exciting. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: Grandma, Mom and Company?
1: Yeah. No, back, man, Pat Croce was six. And that was Iverson. Yeah,
2: that was Iverson. Oh, oh, oh. you're talking
0: about Philly? Philly, Philly, yeah. Philly. owner. Okay. okay. My bad, I thought you were talking about Philly. was
2: Mark Cuban before Mark Cuban. <laughs> Without the drama. (laughs) Without the drama, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, continue.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, hey, what's it in being without a little bit of drama? Um, switching gears quickly, the NFL. Well, we all know that the NFL combine was this past weekend. I will be uh, very honest with you, I did not sit there and watch the mind numbing and running and jumping and cutting and throwing. Um... But I did kind of pay attention to what some of the, the pundits were saying about certain certain athletes and things of that nature and how, you know, a lot of these scouts, well, you know what, I'm not even going to say scouts, but a lot of the uh, the media uh, had their knee pads on for Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying that the dude isn't nice. The dude is going to be nice. Whoever gets him is going to be nice. But they were on... They were talking about so many different things that he did better than most and past players were coming out saying, Well, hold up. They said that he ran a faster forty than Devin Devin Hester. And then Devin Hester came back out and said, Oh yeah, but I ran that with sneakers on and I had a best of hand But then when I ran on you know, when I ran on my forty, I ran like a four a four three something. And then of course they talked about uh say Khan Barkley's uh high jump, I guess, or you know, when they talked about his vertical reach. And I supposedly did it better than Julio Jones, and then Julio Jones came out and said, "But Dad, I, I did that with a broken foot." <laughs> 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 so it's just interesting how you know all those guys have a real love affair with Saquon Barkley. But uh, from what you might have heard or read or anything like that, is there any player, or players that stand out, especially if you want to show some love to your respective teams that who you who you would like to see. Possibly as a first round pick
2: for your team, based on what you might have read or heard. No, well, I'm a, I, okay. Go ahead, Al. In in a nutshell, no, I haven't. I haven't saw anything about the combine. I do hear. I, to be honest, the combine to me is not really the end all be all of saying, "Oh, this guy is going to be special." Um, We'll just see how everything plays out. I'm just, to be honest, I'm looking for it more towards the draft than the combine, the results of the combine at this point. I mean, that doesn't really show me anything. Him running the, you know, with them running the four, the 40, then it's not like they're going to be doing it every game. So I don't really see the end all be all to it. So, um, I'll just look forward. I'll just to be honest. I'll just wait towards the draft. That's just my thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like U.A.s historically, I don't really watch, you know, the Combine too much. I mean, it was on TV this weekend. I just happened to they catch it and when they had the QB and the wide receivers. And I looked at it only because the Giants have the second pick, and they're trying to decide whether they want to go with Saquon Barkley, which I don't think they should, or they should go with a quarterback, which I think they should, to see what's the big hubbub about these guys. The combine doesn't really show me anything that you couldn't have seen if you was watching college football all year, even until, you know, the college bowl game. So for me, I mean, the only person that they said, quote, unquote, did so good QB-wise was Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. I don't think he threw, but he didn't want to do any wide receiver drills, which I thought was complete asinine that anybody out there would even insult them by saying, oh, why don't you run a couple of wide receiver drills? Did you ask every other single quarterback that was in there to run some wide receiver drills? No, but you asked him, but that's another nice topic. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, all the combine is just the NFL is another way of making money for itself. Just like the draft now after Philly is going to be this big old explosion of stuff to make money off itself when at the essence of it, draft is pretty goddamn boring. Just like the combine is pretty damn important.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. It's your opportunity to sit there and watch your team shine. Look at what look what happened in Philly when they had their
1: incredible draft and this led them to a Super Bowl. Come on, oh my man. God. Let me tell you what happened <laughs> in Philly, all right? <laughs> First of all, half the people that was there were doing all of the combine s stuff away from the thing. You had this big flood of people sitting there waiting to hear stuff. As soon as they said, the Philadelphia Eagles have selected such and such with a 12-round draft pick. Guess what happened in Philadelphia? Everybody that was in the draft
0: mm-hmm.
1: left the draft. And that was it. So once Philadelphia said they picked their person, I was right there. I saw it when they picked their person, and I think they had like 13th or 14th pick. Or no, it was – no, 18th pick, I think it was. Everybody was waiting for that pick. You got to see all the stuff for the draft, which is actually interesting. I mean, really, to do all the combine stuff, the jumping and the running and stuff like that for the kids and the fans, but to sit there and watch all that stuff, eating up your you know eight dollar you know thing of beer and your twelve dollar Philly cheese Once they read off who the Philadelphia Eagles get, we we're gonna pick, and they picked them. Everybody that was there left.
0: So the they, whole they,
1: crowd, uh, the whole crowd, literally. Left,
0: so I guess that's why when I was watching it, they didn't pan back out into the uh, into the audience much because everybody disappeared.
1: <laughs> no, it was a <laughs> flood of people rolling out once they they waited for their team to get their pick and then they bounced. That was it.
0: that's a long that's a long time just to be standing just sit there and watch
1: something. Exactly. Now I give NFL kudos for putting up a lot of stuff to kind of give people something to do. While you wait in essence for a very boring process, but still. I mean, for me, I'm hoping that the Giants pick a QB and I really didn't see anything from these guys that really made me say, oh wow, he's going to be good. I mean, I prefer my eye test in college football when they're playing against actual people running actual plays in a meaningful game than to see somebody run a 40, um what they run their 40 and jump and how much they're going to bench press. That's...
0: I, I agree. I agree. That's why I guess for me, that's why I have such a love for college football just because of the pageantry and everything else. You know, again, that's another conversation because you know how much I'm a homer for a specific team that I will not mention WVU. But, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you just won't mention that you just did. It. All right. Oh,
0: no. You know, I won't mention WVU. But oh, no. Not at all. Like, you got to start on No.
2: A, <laughs> of, uh, a, like of that said, a while ago. Like don't give it away.
0: this <laughs> like, oh, gotta show love. You know, shout out to the raspy Kids. Shout out, showing love to yet another fellow podcasting group dedicated to the WVU love. Anyway, but like I was saying um, I love college football, and uh, and I agree with you, all. You know, this to me, the, the combine is just like a a meat locker. You know, you you measure you you see what they can do. You want to see what kind of grade A beef. You go from grade A to grade F. Grade F is those uh those are the guys who are going to get the uh, the phone call to say we want to invite you to camp, but we're not going to draft you. Where you know grade A's are the first round and take it all the way down. So I did not like like you guys. I didn't really watch much of it. Uh, I find it to be very 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 boring. Of course all the, the media pundits are just over specific players and didn't really give you the opportunity to just catch certain people that you might have wanted to see in the combine, you know, especially if uh, Kamiko Terry from uh, Rutgers, if you if you just wanted to see how he was going to do, you never get the opportunity to see him because they were so concerned about Nick Chubbs or whoever else, the other DN or linebacker, that's supposed to be better than you know, the team that you actually supported in college, so you don't get the opportunity to see how he
2: kind of stacks up. Uh, in that regard. So to me, it's just a waste of time. But. And, and it's very unfortunate because, you know, it's not just all about a certain amount of people that's, that's participating in the draft. You still have a whole list of people um, that participate in the combine, and you don't only get to see maybe 10% of all the players that participate. So if you're going to do that, and you should have at least an equal amount of time for everybody to see what the other people can do and talk about other people as well. Don't just be stuck on, fixated on like 10 guys because it's not, you know, and to be honest, that's the problem with media nowadays anyway, because they're always stuck on the same guys and not talking about other people as well. So, and that's just, you know, that's my opinion about that. But I just need to hear that. Yeah.
1: The only name that
2: I really heard about
1: coming out this combine that was, I guess, a surprise to everybody was the kid um Griffin from out of UCF. Yeah. Right. Ran, he right. ran a 4-3 or four three eight 3 8 and 40. Wowed everybody. And now, I mean, for us, the casual, you know, the casual fans, it's like whatever, but I guess for the players, a good combine day could raise your stock draft, you know, Mm a couple of, you know, positions, if not a couple of um, rounds, so. That's true. So. But but if you're also an avid college football fan
0: of college football, I should say, you have a team, but you actually love everything about college football and, and names that stand out, his name is nothing new. You know, it's just the fact that he's out there with no left hand out there, and there's a physical freak. that just out there doing what he's doing. But he's just—he's just a natural. But he was on TV enough where you could see him play. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple of games where I saw him play. You know, and he was—he was a force to reckon with. And of course, he gave such a great performance that one particular team—I mean, I see if you guys guess interviewed him in full at the Combine. What team do you think interviewed him? If you had to guess. They're in the news right now because they're supposedly shopping a few players.
1: Eagles? No. Um,
0: You got to think, it's a defensive-minded team. Let me put it out there like that.
2: Seattle.
0: There you go. Seattle. Because think about it. Years back, you know, about four years ago, Seattle reached on Bruce Ervin in the first round, mm-hmm. and he put in work. They're, they're used to going in there and reaching for players who they believe fit their system, and he's a dude that will fit their system. And I guarantee if Seattle has the opportunity, and he's he can talk the world and draft him in the first round because they believe in what he can do. You know, But that's just my two cents. I have no idea if that's what happened or not, but it wouldn't shock me if it did happen. Fellas.
2: Before you go, I know I thought you was going to talk about um, in the NFL about your, about the Houston Texas.
0: Oh, the owner talking (laughs) about the owner. Okay, but um, somebody else just came out and said the same damn thing. Um,
2: So it's more than one team.
0: Yeah, but not indirectly. Um, The dude from Houston was direct with that. Like, he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm not oh, okay, so say with Seattle you know, they're shopping Bennett. Mm -hmm. They're trying to and they said the reason why they're shopping them is because they're trying to reduce the noise.
1: Reduce the noise?
0: Bennett, Bennett sat on the bench during the National Anthem all season. So they said reduce the noise. That's just their way of saying we don't want to be bothered with any crap that he got to put up there. Houston is saying they don't want to be bothered with anybody that protests the flag. And there's another team. We actually came out and said something that I'm really drawn to blank.
2: And I'm going to actually go on feature report and find out what you guys get at. Say, Earl, what do you think about that, then? About the Houston. <laughs> Let's talk about Houston before that, Why Ace is doing that.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, is it is it surprising? No. Because I think. Under breath, and behind closed doors, all 30 freaking two owners are thinking the same exact thing. All of them not going to come out to say it, but a lot of them are thinking the same thing. And I'm
0: sorry. It was uh, Miami. Go ahead.
1: Miami. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, I mean, there's nothing anybody that's going to do about it. The commissioner is definitely not going to do anything about it. I mean, the owners can unfortunately say whatever they want to say. It's their team, their business? They can kind of say, in essence, what kind of players they don't want to pick. I think is wrong. I mean, but it doesn't surprise me, and you know, doesn't surprise
2: me. Um. I I will say uh, all I agree with you. It's not surprising, but I will say this: can't get upset if players don't want to come to you now. That's for sure. If you're going out of the limb and say that you don't want people to come because of that, don't get upset when you're trying to recruit players, star players who felt who take offense to this. That's all I'm gonna say about that because you know you are putting it out there. It's no different from like you said. It's no different from other teams who may have thought the same way or thinking the same way. But the simple fact that you put it out there, you know, there could be team, there could be players out there that could have thought about going to Houston as a free agent. Um, they may not think about it now after the fact. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, they, they're, you know, they could or can't, but I'm just saying it's a, you're putting something out there now. So don't be afraid. Don't be, you know, don't, don't be upset when you're trying to lure free agents, and they put that out there as a as a reason why they don't want to be a part of your team or your organization. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Because you saying it, there's going to be con- There may be some consequences to you saying what you said. So whether you know whether fan- whether it's fans or whether it's players that may want to be a part of the organization, um, may have changed their minds now because of it. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you and I both know, all of us know, that when that protest was going down, the owners hated it. The yeah, same okay. thing about it, but they all hated it because they thought it affected their bottom line and all affected a certain demographic of people not wanting to watch TV. And then it kind of quieted down, and then the president injected more stuff in there, and then now it's all like, oh, well, you're coming at us directly when he was actually really saying what all you 32 owners thought. But you kind of put your name out there in a bad way. So You know, I had to kind of cowtail and want to kneel down in solidarity and lock arms. Give me a fucking break. That was all BS. What those guys said at the end of the day is what they all believe and thought. And they hated the protest from day one before Trump opened up his mouth about it
0: agreed agreed now I was just reading where the the, the owner from Miami is kind of trying to back you know backtrack off his anthem comments because it, it 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 helps the whole Kaepernick collusion type of thing because now if you're trying to stay away from certain players Michael Bennett could possibly not get picked up because nobody wants to deal with the noise, or or certain other players may not get picked up because they don't want to deal with any circumstances or repercussions. So then it makes Kaepernick look like a real genius right now for putting in that lawsuit, and then it's going to make the owners look really, really bad. I don't think anything will come of it because I don't think any team, because it's still up to the owner to decide if they want to sign Kaepernick, but I don't think anything will come up of it. But it'll prove Kaepernick's case that, you know, there's collusion.
1: And somebody probably will sign them to the event to not make that story become a story. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, definitely be keeping our eyes out for that, because if there's 32 teams, that's that's uh, that's three teams out of 32. So at least 29 teams, that's mum's the word, but probably agree with the other three owners that are coming out and saying that we don't want to be bothered that.
2: But what makes it crazy is because they could have just easily not said anything and let it die down. Not saying that it would have died down completely, but if they nobody wasn't saying anything in regards to this now because it's not, it's the off season, so nobody's not even talking about it. But yet you open up your mouth now and say what you have to say, and now everything is brought back up, and now it could be even like the consequences could be even worse than what they are.
0: I agree. You know, so it, it'll just be interesting. You know, you got three owners that came out and said what they're going to say. Right, Will there be a fourth? <laughs> you know, these owners all stick together. It's the good old boy network in the NFL uh, with the ownership, you know what I mean? So they going to say what they're going to say.
2: Sorry,
1: Diddy. You're not going to buy the Carolina Panthers. Sorry. They, they, they ain't, <laughs> ain't
0: going <laughs> yeah, to let you in.
2: Yeah, Damn, they ain't going to let you in.
0: They don't want no chicken and waffles and no no, no Ciroc. Sitting at their tables during NFL owners meetings,
2: so he can
1: come. He can come with a he can come with a package over the asking price, and they'll still be like, "nah,
2: nah." Better focus on the XFL. True,
0: <laughs> and make it a better product than the NFL. Why not?
2: No, no, no,
1: No, nah, because man if, is big if, man. If, big man the man thinks be. the same way yeah. those three old
0: <laughs> corn. He's vocal about it.
2: They ain't thought, <laughs> and he said it. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Start your own league. That's what the best way to do it. Start your own league. Get the players. You can get. You can recruit players that come and start and play for your league. Diddy, I'm talking to you. Start your own league. Don't try to get into a league that won't want you there. Start your own. X X Ice Cube with his big three. Exactly. It's definitely took it off.
0: Yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, fellas, it's about that time, you know. Uh,
2: we way <laughs> over.
0: Uh, we get to talking on certain topics, man. We just get to going, and well, we know it'd be eleven o'clock. <laughs> and uh, I don't feel like falling asleep at my desk again. So hmm. <laughs> it was actually during the meeting, but nobody caught me. Thankfully, uh, <laughs> I was weak. I'm sorry. I was weak. Uh, but fellas, again, it was fun. It was great, you know. But, you know, let the folks know where they can find you on uh, your social media pages. or page or any thing or not.
2: Well, you can find me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I am Al Qualls again. Twitter, Instagram. I am Al Qualls,
1: and you can find me on the gram and Twitter. J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at
0: Find me on Twitter, cat daddy1963, cat daddy1963 on Twitter. So, till so next time, next Tuesday, same pet time, same bat channel. Guys Talking Sports.
2: We out. God bless everybody. Good night.